All right. Hey, give it up for the worship team really quickly. Good job, worship team. Amazing. Praise the Lord. Can you put the family fun day graphic back up for a moment? I got to talk about that just for a minute. The picnic family fun day. Uh, if you like to fish, I don't fish, but if you like to fish, come on out. If you don't like to fish, come on out, bring a picnic. But that's going to kind of kick off our harvest series. And so we're all to be fishers of men. So I thought it'd be kind of cool just to start with like a fishing expedition picnic. And then we're going to talk the month of October just about the harvest because harvest, especially in the Midwest, is so cool. You see the combines out there. And Jesus gave so many pictorial illustrations of the harvest, and we're to be harvesters. He said, in fact, the harvest is white. Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth labors. And so uh, come on out, bring a picnic, have fun. And we have a professional chef this Saturday that's going to cook us dinner, um, fettuccine Alfredo and lasagna with tossed salad and desserts. And so come on out, bring, bring a guest with you if you want. This is going to be just a fun night. That's Saturday night downtown. So, okay, thank you guys. Uh, by the way, you know, sometimes um, Janie knows this and, and our kids know this. I just like looking at cars. It's just like, man, look at that car. Oh, look at that car. Look at that. And uh, a Porsche pulled out in front of me. I didn't honk. I wanted to. Uh, but I just, oh, what a cool car. Well, I drove in the parking lot. I'm, you don't have to raise your hand, but whoever is this red Jeep back here, super cool, brand new in transits. Good job. I mean, I don't know who bought that. I kind of want to know. Mark, is that yours? Get you? Good job, man. We, we are paying you too much. That is a, wow, brother, you out kicked your coverage on that one. Good job. Oh, good. Give it up for Mark. Good job. That's, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> a lot of lot, really cool. Is that North Carolina blue Mustang over here? Yeah, bro. Donnie, convertible. Man, good job. All the, good job, Grace Church. God, God's blessing you. Praise the Lord. I like that. Uh, I like driving through our parking lot and just see. And I'll take plaque, you know, plate numbers and maybe, I don't know. Uh, good job. So God's good, right? And so we're, we're, we're working towards uh, this Joshua. Now is the time. Now is your time, uh, most likely. And so uh, it's something that the Lord breathed in me about a year ago. Uh, we tried to have a grace conference every year. We didn't for a couple of years because of COVID. And then we had a recovery conference, um, a restoration conference in, in February a few years ago. We've done marriage conferences. So each year they kind of take on a little bit of a different theme. And this year it's now is your time or now is the time. And today we're going to talk about Joshua and kind of what he walks through. So uh, today's a little bit more maybe teachy then preachy, and, and uh, I want you to grab a hold of some of the nuts and bolts that we'll talk about. Uh, when COVID was taking place, I, I took some courses uh, through the University of Michigan, about six courses, uh, and I just, I was kind of, felt like maybe I just got to use my time. It was on leading people and organizations, and so a uh, really cool professor uh, taught the class. Of course, it was online. And then at the end of the six courses, there was what they call a capstone. And the capstone was everything that you, basically a final exam, but everything you learned from the six previous different courses, then you do a capstone. And so the, the capstone 
when I took it, I was a little bit nervous. Uh, it was, again, it was a culmination. Joshua's life crossing over from the wilderness into the land of Canaan is kind of a capstone. Everything that he had learned from God over 40 years of being a slave and then 40 years in the wilderness was now coming to fruition. And so uh, Oprah Winfrey, years ago, kind of started to do a master's class where she would uh, interview, uh, you know, different uh, people in politics or in the uh, entertainment industry or in the business industry. And then they started some master classes where you could subscribe and you could hear Howard Schultz. I took a master's class with Howard Schultz, the uh, creator of Starbucks. And just, it was 16 sessions and just kind of his business principles and uh, really a, a humble guy, it seemed like, and was teaching good. Well, Joshua here today teaches us a master's class on how to be ready when your time is ready to come. And this is important because I think what happens sometimes, church, is uh, God's ready, all right? Uh, The miracle's there. Uh, everything's in the house, ready to go, but, but we miss it sometimes. We miss the, the opportunity for God to move in our life and the opportunity for God to, and then we kind of blame God a little. Well, God, I, you know, I prayed, and, and God's like, yeah, you just weren't ready to receive. And so a lot of what we hinge on is knowing that it's time to receive. It's time to receive with God. And, and by the way, it's not always about what we get. It's about what we get through us that then transfers to maybe sons and daughters or uh, other people in our legacy or heritage. And so uh, this is going to be a little bit of of studying Joshua, maybe as if Oprah were interviewing him. Hey, what what were you thinking here or why did you do that? Because Joshua is probably in the whole circumference of things, not given as as much credit as probably he should. He, He led Israel to the promised land so that out of that promised land, the promise, Christ, could come. And by Christ coming to earth, it opened the gateways of heaven again for us. And so let's pray, then we'll read a couple of scriptures. And think of it again as this is kind of a, you know, a 30-minute session on a master's class of how Joshua did it. Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, that our hearts and eyes and ears or spirits would be open for what you have uh, for each of us today. Lord, as we learn, just simply from your word, Lord, the the, the depth, uh, Lord, and knowledge of what uh, you even took Joshua through and what you'll take us through as well. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. We pray, Lord, that it's bless it and continue to bless it. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said amen. Hey, can we give our online viewers a hand of appreciation? Thank you, online community, for, for coming in. Uh, each week, whether it's live or, or through the week, we have somewhere between 500 and 800 people that, that will watch online. And so a uh, really cool community there, different states and countries and different stuff. So thank you, onlineers, for, for watching. Thank you, in-house people, for watching. Um, what, a, what a wonderful uh, word God has uh, for us today. And again, I just want you to grab it. Uh, if, you need, if you have a phone, take some uh, notes or take some pictures. Uh, we're not dealing with a lot of notes on there, so you just have to kind of be mindful. Janie did a, a set of good, wonderful clothes, by the way. That Your clothes at the first service was, was amazing. Hope you do the same thing here. Um, but uh, you, you may want to watch this then later again in the week because there's a lot of stuff that you might want to write down. Can you come up here for a second and just give that thought on the, 
on the queen. That was really cool what you talked. Marcus did a great job. I don't really know it as well as you do. With the crown, Marcus gave that thought on the crown, and we know we serve the master, but the queen actually says something really cool right before she died that Janie read or heard or something. You, you tell that little story. That was really good. You kind of did it really good. Um, I just had read that they had asked her if she had any regrets or any any wishes that didn't happen. And she said, my one wish, I wish he would have came in my lifetime because I would have liked to take my crown and laid it at his feet. And I just thought, I, we teared up when we read that. Did I read that right, Emily? Yeah, I think it was your mom. Yeah, her mom, I was just like, read it. And so we were just weeping. I thought, you know, do we do that? In my lifetime, I wish he would have came because I would have liked to have had him come and then just put my crown at his feet. And I just thought, that's amazing. That's what we need to do. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. That's, I, feel, I feel like, and, you know, I, I don't know uh, Queen Elizabeth, but she was uh, the queen of England my whole, my whole life. Uh, but that, that's, that's spoken from a, a round of humility right there. She's this, this uh, dynamic uh, individual. Uh, would lay her crown at the feet of Jesus, which, by the way, we're all going to do at some point in time. Whatever, whatever crown that the Lord lays on your head, you're going to take it off and lay it at the feet of Jesus. So what a, what a cool dynamic uh, thing that is, and what a cool statement that Jenny was sharing that with me. I thought, that's pretty cool. So Joshua 1, uh, verse 10 and 11, then we'll go 16, 17, 18, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people. Pass through the middle of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days. You are to pass over this Jordan to go into, take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And they answered Joshua, we skipped to 16, nothing, we're not missing anything. All that you have commanded us, we will do. In other words, Joshua, you, I like what Joshua's doing, and it's a good leadership principle. He's not asking for a vote. He's just saying what they're going to do. A lot of times, I think it was Steve Jobs that, that said, you don't ask people what they want, you tell them what they need. And this is what Jobs, or Jobs, this is what Joshua is telling them right there, is okay, here's what we're going to do. We've floundered long enough. We've wandered long enough. We know we could take the land. We've already been there. We've seen it. It hasn't changed in 40 years. We're taking this land. And if God has given a promise for you, then that promise is yes and amen. Sometimes we have to take the promise. God's already given it. That's, a, that, that's something that you really need to know because sometimes we blame God for things that God's already given. He just needs us to take them, okay? And wherever you go, we will send us, okay? Or wherever you send us, we'll go. Uh, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. In other words, if you're leading us, we want God to be with you. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And by the way, Scripture records no one rebelled. No one had to be put to death. Even the two tribes, Reuben and Manasseh, the two and a half tribes, they even helped, and they weren't on. They decided to live on the other side of the Jordan. So there's a couple principles here that that um, Joshua practices that would be that would help us to be. 
ready for when that time comes for God's blessing, God's answer, God's promise, God's will, whatever it is that you're asking God for. Maybe it's an ill family member. Maybe it's a broken relationship like Marcus had talked about earlier. It's similar to the dry bones. It's, a, it's God has every answer that we need. Let's go to verse 11 one more time, and I want to read it. Pass through the middle of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days. You are to pass over this Jordan to go into take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. There's a lot of P's there. We're going to capitalize on three of them. Number one is the word prepare. This is, this is, uh, this is paramount to our identity in Christ, that we are ready to do the things that God has called us to do so that when he calls us to do them, we can do them. It's a, there's a planning session here. There's, a, there's preparation. And again, I could imagine if Oprah were interviewing Joshua and, and she said, hey, how did you know you were ready? Uh, then he would say, I was preparing to do this all my life. I saw the land 40 years ago. I saw that it was a land flowing with milk and honey as God spoke. I saw the men carrying grapes the size of watermelons and figs. I saw the fruitfulness of the land. I was ready to take it then, so I decided to prepare myself, okay? In fact, when Pilate was asking Jesus, are you the king? You know I can kill you and I can put you on the cross. And Jesus says, for this cause, I was born. In other words, I have been preparing for this the last 33 and a half years of my life. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready to go when the time comes. Every January, uh, I during prayer and fasting, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Grace Church, and we have a fasting menu. Some days it's meat. Some days it's uh, you know ice cream or desserts. Some days it's uh, social media. Some days it's a complete fast. It's, we never fast vegetables unless it's a complete fast. We we want you to ha- eat healthy and have your and have your veggies. Uh, But during that time, I set goals for the year, Uh, usually personal goals. Sometimes it'll be uh, corporate goals just between Janie and I, maybe something financially or something. I don't have a bucket list. I'm not against bucket lists. If you are a bucket list person, I say go for it. I am more of a goal-orientated person. The reason I don't have bucket lists is because I don't want to die and not have done something on the bucket list and then feel unfulfilled. If I die and don't have a goal unfulfilled, at least it was still just a goal. And so I will give you, uh, not my personal goals, but some things that you can think of to help with your preparation. And you don't have to wait until the time of prayer and fasting, although if you choose to, start writing some things down. So first of all, spiritually, it's good to have uh, spiritual goals to be prepared. What are some spiritual goals? Well, maybe I want to attend church more, or maybe read my Bible more. Uh, I had read through the Bible once in 18 days, and it was just, it was 42 or 48 chapters a day, uh, Andrew put us on a course to read through the Bible in, in a month, 30 days. Well, if you can do it in a month, then maybe I can do it in two weeks. <laughs> well, it was 18 days, uh, and uh, one time I read, so I read it a couple times in a month, read through the Bible in 90 days. This year, my, my goal was to read through the Bible, and this sounds crazy, uh, in a year. Oh, big goal. 
I'm on a Bible plan that's got a big devotion, and then you read through the Bible every day for a year. Now, where that's hard for me is I like to read ahead. But my plan for the year was I just got to read that. I have to, I have to stay at one day at a time. That's really tough for me to do. I, I, like I can't, like I want so bad to read the whole next week. Because I'm a, I'm a goal-orientated person. I, like, if, I, if this is good, then that must be better. Okay? But the plan is to read it every day and then to walk through it. And so I would say spiritually just have a plan. Do I want to attend church a little bit more? Do I want to come to Grace Conference? Do I want to invite three neighbors to church? Marcus will preach in a few weeks about just telling our neighbors about how we can connect them with spiritual conversation. Okay? It's important for us to understand that church can't just be about us, but it's got to be about the people that we influence or the people that influence us. So spiritually, I have goals. Financially, we have goals. We write them down. Well, maybe we're looking at putting more away for retirement, or maybe we want to take a vacation. And, and by the way, when you plan uh, family-wise, uh, you don't have to go on the best vacation ever. Some of mine and Janie's best times were a picnic and a blanket at a park where we would just, you know, we'd have the kids and we would listen to, you know, a football game on the radio. They'd be playing around when they, were, when they were little. We've been able and fortunate to take fabulous vacations with great friends, and they've been wonderful. But I don't want you to think you have to take a great vacation for it to be a vacation. Maybe it's a, our, our daughter Jill did a, a really cool thing uh, recently, and I, and I applaud her for it. She did a staycation at a local hotel. She just thought, I'm going to go to a local hotel, and I'm just going to hang out with Cam. Her husband was, was traveling, and uh, I don't know if it was a one night or two nights or whatever, but I thought, that's brilliant. That's taking care of yourself, and that's, 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 that's a, a type of planning that just makes all the sense in the world. So we do spiritually, we do physically, we do financially, we do relationally, we do um, emotionally, okay? We, we plan these ways, okay? And so, again, Janie and I will plan for different trips or we'll plan for uh, financial. Physically, I set goals every, every January of uh, what type of exercises I want to do, what type of workouts I want to do. Do I always hit them? No, I don't, but I, I try. That's my goal. My goal is if I go into the year, do I want to lose weight? Do I want to stay the same? Do, it's never do I want to gain weight. January 1st, I'm never like, oh, I really want to gain eight pounds this year. That will come without asking. Uh, uh, our boys want to gain like 20 pounds. Okay, I, man, I really want to gain 20 pounds this year. So, all right, well, just hang in there. I'll see if I can give you some of mine. It's good to have plans, though. It's good to prepare. Why is, why is that? Well, because Benjamin Franklin said this, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. In other words, if you don't have a plan, it's the old adage, if you, don't, if you stand for everything, you're really not standing for anything at all, okay? We have to be at a place where we're preparing ourselves for God to move. We're preparing for God to save our loved ones. We're preparing for God to bless us. We're preparing for God. So in the preparation part means there's some activity on our part. There's some things that we're doing. Well, if I want to grow close to the Lord, I get in with uh, God people. I get in a life-giving church. I get in a, uh, I become life-givers at our home. We become encouragers. I become those things. So, so there's 
preparation in that realm, emotionally, physically, relationally, financially. Again, I want to give, not so that it will be given, but because I give, it will be given back. So a lot of our preparation, as it was with Joshua, I can remember, I, I can imagine Joshua again saying, if he's being interviewed by someone, that said, well, I've been preparing for this. I, I, again, I've seen the property. I've seen the land. I've seen the victory. I've seen what God can do. Now I'm preparing. And by the way, part of the preparation that, that uh, Joshua went through, he never complained. And we know he never complained because God burnt up about 250,000 Israelites that did complain. So he didn't complain. He never uh, usurped uh, uh, Moses' authority. He never said, well, I, I know I can lead better than Moses. I, I've seen the land. I, we, we can go over there. He held his place, but the whole time he was preparing. It's important, church, that we prepare for God to move in our life. Again, that means work. Sometimes it means waiting but many times it means it means working as well. I'm going to labor daily. I'm going to work daily. I'm going to uh, prepare daily. The next word then is provision, provision or provide. It's where we get the word provide from. Okay, and if we if we understand the provision part, he says, get go ahead, uh, prepare to make your provisions in three days we're going over. And so we have to understand that in our preparation, there's going to be provision. Do we provide for ourselves? Do we provide for others? How are we providing in the, in the economy of life, in our culture, in the things that we walk through? So look at provision or providing for a second. God gives Joshua a hint. He says, be strong and courageous. In other words, God's providing that for him. Be careful to do according to the law, which is the word. And when you do, you'll be prosperous and successful. Do only what you can do. Janie and I were having uh, lunch with a, a large church pastor from Hawaii uh, several years ago here in the state of North Carolina. We weren't in Hawaii although that wouldn't have been a bad trip uh, and he was he was he was just sharing with and when I say large church like 25,000 uh, congregants just a huge massive church and the and the gentleman was so down to earth so cool and and so he said um, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you some insight and, and I, what, what is it he said well he says you you need to do what only you can do what well, on the surface that sounds pretty simple why well, would do only and he says no he said look at 100% of what you do, 85% can probably pass off to somebody else. Only 15% you can leave. What, what does that mean? Well, only you, look at, only you can be the husband to your wife. Only you can be the, the wife to your husband. Only you can be the father to your kids. Only you can be the leader of your church, or maybe only you can be the leader of your business, or only maybe you can be the... So when we understand that we only... See, Joshua was only called to do what he... He wasn't called to be Moses again. He was called to be Joshua. So you have to understand what your identity is, and then you be you. 
As, as you become you and you be you, there's freedom in that. All right, now I can be what Christ has called me to be. So Joshua was being what he needed to be, the leader he needed to be. He wasn't trying to be Moses. And God was providing that for him. In Numbers, the 27th chapter, God tells Moses, hey, call Joshua in here and anoint him to be the next leader. And the Bible says some of Moses' spirit then fell over into Joshua. And the same thing happens throughout Scripture. There's a spiritual anointing that transfers when we prepare right and we allow God to provide those things for us. And so he, he does that. And then the last thing he does is in chapter 10, he kills the kings so that he can get freedom into the new land. There's five kings and he kills. And if you read through chapter 10, it's where Joshua asks God to keep the sun sunset stand still in chapter 10, okay? Now, that's a pretty good prayer life. Would you agree? Like, I'm going to go outside and, you know, about 7.20 tonight, I'm going to say, sun stand still. And, and I'm not expecting the sun to stand still. But if it does, you can say, well, hey, Pastor Mark was right. <laughs> like, I could maybe say that in Alaska, <laughs> In June, sun stands still when there's like 21 hours of daylight. But Joshua was prepared. Joshua knew, Joshua knew who God had God provided for him, and he said, sun stands still. The reason he says sun stands still in Joshua 10 is because he wants to kill these five kings. Let me tell you what the names of these kings mean. It's really important, and you'll want to write these down if, if you're taking notes. The king of old Jerusalem, not new Jerusalem, the king of old Jerusalem, he was one of the kings he killed, and that name literally meant spirit of depression. So Joshua is going to kill all the depression in the land. The king of Hebron, again, old Hebron, not new Hebron, was the spirit of religion. This is why we have to kill the spirit of religion in our life. It's not about religion. It's all about relationship. It's all about freedom. It's all about, okay, not, not that I can do anything. In fact, Paul says, I can do whatever I want, but not everything I want to do is good for me. Not everything I want to do is healthy, or not everything I do brings me closer to God through Jesus, but I can do everything. I just, it's not right, it's not good, it's not healthy. But the spirit of religion is what gobbles people up. Well, you don't look like you're supposed to look, or you don't act like you're supposed to look. You don't, you don't, you know, a lot of people or churches or organizations or religions, they want to get, they want to clean people up before they come in the doors. I say bring them in messy. Bring them in, messed as can be, and let's watch Jesus change them, and that's the greatest miracle of all. Can you say amen? That, that's what grace needs to be about. <laughs> messed up people. Why? Because if you look in the depth of all of our hearts, we're all a little messed up except for the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that blood of Jesus Christ and that's transformation power. But see, he kills the spirit of religion. Jarmuth, that's the spirit of poverty. And by the way, that is a spirit of poverty. Poverty is a mentality, not a position, especially in America. There are third world countries where people actually will long. In Haiti, where we support the mission, uh, the orphanage in Haiti, we 100% buy uh, every meal for 202 children every day, uh, 10, over 10,000 meals a month. Uh, that's all they're going to get. All right, so we're talking about Haiti or our missionary friends in Nicaragua that do 15,000 meals a day. 
That, that's, that's different. I'm talking about America. If, if, if poverty in America is a mentality, not a position. Because you can, uh, right now especially, you can go out and get two or three jobs if you want. I know people, I know people in my own family that work two or three jobs, all right? It's their choice, but it's their choice so that they can get ahead, so that they can provide for their family, so they can provide for the needs, so they can send their kids to special schools or live in special places or do special things. God honors that. So it's a, it's a mentality, not a position, all right? But when you kill the spirit of poverty in someone's life and you decide, hey, we can have this freedom, we can have the freedom to live, it's not about gaining material wealth. There's a freedom in the kingdom that God says, wait, you, yes, yes, now I will bless you because why? You're putting your first foot forward. You're, you're stepping forward. By the way, I'll say this, uh, Jim Rome, an author that I read who's uh, passed away maybe 20 years ago, he says you are a reflection of the five people that you hang around most. So my mom would say uh, birds of a feather flock together, or someone would say misery loves company. And so if you look at certain communities or certain places in communities and you see certain people flock together, you are a reflection of the people, five people that you hang around the most. If you understand uh, and see that people that you're hanging around with in the neighborhood, the community, the workplace, or maybe even at home, they're always complaining, they're always negative, they're always sarcastic, you need to back away a little bit or you will become them. In fact, Solomon says this, if you want to be successful, Solomon actually says in Proverbs, hang around successful people. I wanted to become a runner, so I started hanging around Drew. Drew's a runner. Jason's a runner. These guys are runners. Now, now they run way faster than me and way farther than me, and they're way better than me. But we have one thing in common. You know what it is? Tennis shoes. We run. <laughs> I don't even wear their same shoes, I'm sure. But it's running, so then it becomes a community. Listen, if you are a believer and you're a strong believer, it is incumbent upon you to help someone who's not a strong believer because they're still a believer. We have to walk these things out. Poverty becomes a mentality that infiltrates the church, and all of a sudden the church starts to say, oh, we can't help that that." place in Haiti. We can't help that orphanage in Nicaragua. We can't help the, the people with, with debt relief. We can't do those things. Well, we're just a poor church. No, we have to think different than that. God provides for the church so that the church can provide for other people. And we have to understand that. that so he killed the spirit of poverty. Lackish in, uh, in uh, Joshua 10 was the spirit of selfishness. Joshua kills this king because that name brought on selfishness, selfishness and pride, arrogance and ignorance. We have to kill that because why? It's not about us, right? It's about God and it's about other people. It's about laying our cross down. And then the last king was Eglon and that was the spirit, listen to this because somebody needs to hear this today, that was the spirit of false accusations. You do not need to care what other people say about you. You only need to care what Jesus, God, and the Word of God says about you. That's what you need to care about. God says you're chosen. God says you're holy. God says you're righteous. God says you're his. God says you're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. God says you're alive and not dead. God says you're, 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 you're going to walk on streets of gold. Stop caring what other people think about you or say about you. 
Don't, don't listen to that. That's just a lie of the enemy. And that's a king that Joshua took down because he knew his people that he was leading that were 40 years in the wilderness, at least 20 years in the wilderness because the first group died that he had to lead in, that they were going to hear different things. He needed to let them know we're going to kill that. And some of you have a curse over your family that you need to get rid of in Jesus' name because they keep buying into the lies of poverty and selfishness that's from the pits of hell. Get rid of it in Jesus' name and move on to victory in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? So prepare, provide, and last is possess. We take the possession. Again, we don't take it for ourselves. We don't take it for, for physical, material needs or wants. We take it so that we can hand it off. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that's not financially. It can be part. A lot of it is heritage. Did you raise him in church? Did you bring him to church? Did you, did you speak around the, the table? I love having our different grandkids pray at lunchtime when we have family lunch together. It's hilarious. I won't give you some of them because it's, it, it's, it's, it's hilarious to hear them pray. Uh, because it comes from their heart, you know. It's it's what's fresh in their mind, and, and I I love it. And, and we had we had Jonah pray uh, uh, last week. We've had Judah pray before, and like Judah's on a whole different level. <laughs> it's, it was it was amazing. Uh, and Jonah prayed, and he went like. He went like King James on us, you know, and he was like all anointed and, and raised up. I thought he was going to stand upon the table. It was, it was, it was just, it was, it was fantastic. And, and, I, and I, I like to hear young people pray because hopefully that's a handoff, right? Uh, we, we've, we've handed off to our kids, and now we're watching a handoff to the grandkids, and hopefully someday maybe the, the great-grandkids, if the Lord allows us to live long enough. We possess not so we can have. We possess so that we can give. The land that Joshua possessed wasn't so that he could have. The land Joshua possessed was so that he could give it over to the Israelites. And as the Israelites gained it, then a Savior would come up out of it. Let me give you three things quickly, and they're not up there, so you have to write them down. Three different possessions you can take. One, you can take spiritually, spiritually what is yours through obedience. So spiritually, I can take anything in the kingdom if I obey God. Because with God, everything is if and then. In, in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, there's, uh, there, there's 68 verses, and the first 14 verses are all blessing. You'll be the head and not the tail, the first and not the last. You'll be the lender, not the borrower. Your barns will be full. You're going to be blessed. Your name will be known throughout the world, all those great things. But he, start, he, he starts it by, this, by saying this, if... You hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, and you obey all that it says then. And that's, that's the then. See, if the if is on us, the then is always on God. So it's never an if with God. If I do my part, then God will always do his part. So I can take spiritually what is mine if I walk in obedience. I can take responsibility for what is mine through my actions. So I'm responsible in, in what I, I'm responsible uh, in other words, there's consequences. If I pray and see God, Jesus said, if I pray in quiet, 
in secret, I'll be rewarded openly. And so my actions are this. I'm taking responsibility by going to the kingdom, by worshiping God, by loving him, by giving him uh, all glory, all praise, all honor, by, by just acknowledging God is so great. And I do want to lay my crown at his feet. Uh, that's a possession, but I'm going to be responsible in the kingdom for my actions because I know what James says that I can't just be a hearer of the word I have to be a doer of the word as well and then last but not least is you can take eventually what is yours by faith and that's kind of where we're at today is okay I'm Joshua and remember this is a master class Joshua's being interviewed by Oprah or someone of that nature back in the day. Joshua, how did you do it? If Moses basically wandered or floundered for 40 years and he was considered a great leader and he was considered God's guy and God loved Moses and he was humble, why did you get to go across? Well, I was prepared. I was prepared to go. I had practiced it. I had, I knew God's provision. I saw the land with my own eyes, but then I kept dreaming of that land. Janie's a great designer. She loves to design houses. She loves to decorate, but she sees it in her mind first, right? She's got to see it up here before it becomes a reality. You may have to see your son or daughter coming home to the Lord. You may have to see yourself getting promoted on the job. You may have to see that business that God's called you to, to build. You may have to see your kids growing up and graduating college or master's program or whatever. You may have to see success in your life, that provision, but then you possess it. And one day it becomes reality, but you possess it again, not for your benefit, you possess it so that the community benefits or that your family benefits or that your church benefits or that your, your kids or their grandchildren benefit. Stand with me today. Joshua's master's class. I want you to, to know that if you, if you took notes, go back and read them. If you didn't take notes, go back and watch it. Why? Because this is, this is Joshua. Joshua's teaching us something here. Joshua teaches us, again, your reflection of the five people you hang around most. I, I was telling a, another person that, he was saying, hey, man, I, man, I just I would love my family to, to grow up like yours. And I said, your, yours will. Why? Well, because your kids are going to be a reflection of you, and you got God all over you, so of course there's going to be a reflection there. And, the, and then we have to understand that as we walk through this thing called life and we lean on each other, we look at each other, we build each other up. In the unity of the faith, Paul says that those principles are both old and new testament. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment and just bow your head. And I want you to think, is there is there something God is preparing you for? Is there a promise God has for you? Is there is there a plan that God has for you? Is there something that you just need a vision right now? You need to see right now. And then I want you to start praying into that as they get ready, to, as they start to sing this, this next song or when they sing this next song. I want you to start calling it out before the Lord. It could be a salvation for someone. It could be success for someone. It could be growth for someone. It could be uh, introducing to someone. It could be, it could be God's plan for your life. God, what is your plan for my life? God, you're blessing me. And I know you're blessing, but, but what for? What is this? And, and, you, and you just need to, to hear and see God move in those dynamic ways. Joshua had such a strong prayer life. Once again, he called the sun to stop and the, and the sun stood still. That's a strong prayer life. 
So we know he was prayerful. We know he was passionate. We know he kept things in perspective. But we know all these things that we're studying today, that Joshua was prepared and ready to go to possess that land. He obeyed the word of the Lord because God already spoke it. What's God speaking into your life right now? Now possess it. Ask God for it. Take it. And God will take it. Now is your time. Now is your time. Father, we pray right now as you're opening hearts, as you're reminding people of the promises that you've given them. Now's their time to possess it. Now there's time you've already provided for it, Lord. You're preparing them along the way. Give, give them, Lord, that, that answered prayer right here. Lord, right now, Father, we pray. We believe it. We decree it. And we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name we pray.
teaching this morning and that and then we just we received that i love the the peas you know the three peas and as i was sitting in um, first service um, the posture came to my mind the posture of heaven and that is um that would just go right along with it because it goes with the obedience of of why did joshua cr cross over because really all comes down to he was just obedient and he was prepared and he stood his ground and, and he possessed it because he had the faith but he was because of his obedience and as um as pastor was teaching that i just found myself just kind of doing this like putting my hands on like if someone says i'm going to give you something you know you oh thank you you receive it that's that's like one of the postures and we've done teachings on you know worship of why we worship why do we lift our hands when we worship it's just a sign of saying lord here i am i surrender i'm defenseless i i hold up my hands i'm yours i'm just surrendering so that's why like we kneel and that comes from the worship of god we kneel and then we clap and we did a lot of clapping songs today that i noticed that you know we're not just keeping rhythm because not all of us can keep rhythm as good as jason here we just do it and and it talks about in the bible that when we clap we're actually laying a stroke on the enemy's back so we're not just clapping we're laying a stroke it's like a declaration it's like a claim that says you know everywhere the enemy goes my feet are going to tread over that and i'm going to do battle i'm going to stomp i'm going to shout i'm going to lift my hands i'm going to clap but i'm also in this moment is what i kind of felt in my spirit just to put my hands out and say father in this position of worship my posture of worship right here would be i receive that word because that word will change your life if you'll take it and you'll apply it and not just be a hearer of the word but be a doer of it so this morning i just encourage you in the in the spirit you can do it with me if you want to but you don't have to but in the spirit the posture of it is to say here i'm open hands and i'm saying i receive that word and i want to be who he wants me to be i want to be obedient i want to take my mountain i want to have the victory i want to walk in victory i want to walk in blessing i want to walk in peace and i just put my hands open and i say i receive that i receive that word i receive that so let me just pray that father this morning we just openly put our hands up and in, in the posture of heaven and and we just openly say we receive we take that word i open up and i say i receive the word of the lord this morning lord that we are going to walk in victory and we're going to take the mountain we're going to cross over the jordan we're going to be victorious and we are going to do all that you have called us to do not just for us but for you to to for the kingdom we're going to be lord kingdom builders and we're going to lord see people come to know jesus we're going to see people that need healing be healed we're going to see miracles because you are the same yesterday today and forever if you did it then you will do it today and lord let our faith and our obedience rise and be all that you have called us to be and we give you all the glory and all the praise for you are good in jesus name Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select Give.
We can't wait to see you next week.